Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, so let's open up with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Now we'll also say the uh, I Confess. This is going to be from uh, an old, from the um, Trinitine Mass. Uh, it's a longer version. I believe it's appropriate to say for this time of season and uh, what's going on in the world right now. I confess to Almighty God and to Blessed Mary Ever Virgin to Blessed Michael the Archangel, to Blessed John the Baptist, to the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul, and to all the saints, that I have sinned exceedingly in thought, word, and deed, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I invoke the Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, Blessed Michael the Archangel, Blessed John the Baptist, the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul, and all the saints, to pray to the Lord our God for me. May Almighty God have mercy upon us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. And may the Almighty and merciful Lord grant us pardon and absolution and remission of all our sins. Amen. Uh, I'd like to add this prayer. Uh, it's prayer for the health of body and soul. So uh, if anyone out there um, who might have someone they know that has uh, contracted this coronavirus, so we could, uh, you could learn to recite this. So we should say this for those who are suffering right now. Most Holy Virgin, Mother of the Incarnate Word, Treasure House of Grace and Refuge, of us wretched sinners, with lively faith we have recourse to your motherly love, and ask of you the grace of ever doing God's will and yours. In your most holy hands we place our hearts, and of you we ask health of body and soul. And as we have the same hope that your, you, our most loving mother, will hear us, we stay to you with lively faith. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Let us pray. 
Defend, we invoke you, O Lord, through the intercessions of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, your certain from all infirmity and mercifully deem to guard the to prostrate in the sincerity of their hearts before you against the snares of the enemy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I heard um, just a couple of days ago as I was listening um, <clears throat> on YouTube, a priest said, we got the Lent we deserve. Better to get the Lent you deserve than the, than the Lent you choose. Um, in a sense, it's true. We often choose an, e an easier path during Lent. We're hypocrites, all of us. I mean, let's face it. We're nothing like our Catholic ancestors in the past. And we don't like to suffer. We live in a time of idolatry of self. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's true. We live in a time of idolatry of self. We worship the body. We worship materialism. We worship um, sensuality. We worship politics and power. We worship money. And we want our comforts. Our ancestors in the past lived a lot, I have to say, I think we all can agree with this, lived a lot more closer to God through a very uh, simpler world. This is a prayer from, um, this is like an old a Catholic book, a prayer book called Blessed Trinity. Um, the only thing that's, uh, I think the publisher should have done was he should have put a better content chapters. Uh, but here's a prayer for Lent. All right. And, um, O oh Lord, repay us not according to our sins we have committed or according to our iniquities. O oh Lord, remember not our former transgressions. Let your mercy speedily prevent us, for we are becoming exceedingly poor. Help, O oh God, our Savior, and for the glory of your name, O oh Lord, deliver us and forgive us our sins for your name's sake. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Grant, we implore you, Almighty God, that chastened by this holy fast, we may be brought with pure hearts to the holy feast which is to come through Christ our Lord. This is uh, for Lent. And um, we don't like, we don't hear the word sin much. We don't hear the word repentance much. Uh, we hear we hear the word accompaniment. Let our Lord, you know, that our that Christ accompany us. 
uh, it's almost like going to constantly hearing therapy. You know, uh, G.K. Chesterton said, the beautiful thing about going to confession is that it is free therapy. I remember hearing a story of a, of a priest said once that he was at a party and he met a psychiatrist or a therapist. And this, as they were talking, the priest said, well, we're similar, you and I. We, uh, we help people. And the therapist said, no, no, Father, we're not the same. Oh, no, we are. We both care about people, their mental health and everything. And the priest said, Father, I get paid for listening to people's nonsense. They blame everybody. They blame their father. They blame their mother. They blame their job. They blame their wife or their husband. Uh, they blame their lover. Uh, they blame the whole world. And they do refuse to look at themselves. When people come to you, Father... They come confessing their sins. They realize and they admit that they have done wrong. That's a difference because they know what they have to confess. They realize that they have to admit their wrong. With me, they pay me a hundred or $180 an hour to listen to them complain about the whole world, but they refuse to admit it's their fault, that they did wrong. That's a big difference. Chesterton said that confession is the best therapy because you come admitting you're wrong. Listen to the words. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for the sins I have committed against thee for failing to do what uh, right and committing that which was wrong. But above all, because I have offended thee, you, my God, who are all good and all deserving of all my love, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the occasions of sin. And listen to the opening prayer, what I said earlier, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. I confess to Mary, ever virgin, to blessed Michael, the archangel, all the hosts of heaven. We admit that we're wrong. And the problem is, we live in a culture where we refuse to admit that we're wrong. Because we were trained to think this way. You know, it's obvious. When Christ, when, when John the Baptist first appeared on the, on the scene, in the Dewey Reams Bible, you hear John the Baptist saying, repent and do penance for the kingdom of God is at hand. Confess your sins. Jesus said, repent. And also the term do penance. You'll find that in the original Dewey Reams Bible, which is from the Vulgate. But in our modern world we you know one of the one of the biggest problems is that you notice how catholics when we talk about the bible we talk about the old testament we call it the old testament god that was the old testament god the new testament god is not like that no really 
What about, you know, the story um, in the um, Gospel of John? I'm going to read to you that in a little while. You'll notice something which a lot of us overlook. And I think a lot of it has a lot to do with... Uh, with the way priests are trained to to uh, to read. I'm going to read it to you and I want you to catch something that Jesus says. Okay, this is from uh I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to read from the Dewey Reams version. This is chapter 5 in St. John's Gospel. After these things was a festival day of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem a pond called Probetica, which is in Hebrew is named Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of the sick, of blind, of lame, of withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And an angel of the Lord descended at a certain time into the pond, and the water was moved. And he that went down first into the pond, after the moving of the water, was made whole of whatsoever infirmity he lay under. And there was a certain man there that had been eight and thirty years under his infirmity. Him, when Jesus had seen laying, and knew that he had been now a long time, he saith to him, Will thou be made whole? The informed man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pond. For whilst I am coming, another goes down before me. And Jesus saith to him, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. And he took up his bed and walked. And it was the Sabbath that day. And the Jews therefore said to him that, that was healed, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for thee to take up thy bed. And he answered them, He that made me whole, he said to me, Take up thy bed and walk. And they asked him, Therefore, who is that man who said to thee, Take up thy bed and walk? But he who was healed knew not who it was, for Jesus went aside from the multitude standing in the place. Afterward, Jesus find, findeth him in the temple, and saith to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest some worse thing happens to thee. The Gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what it says here. Behold, Thou hast made whole. Sin no more, lest some worse thing happens to thee. That doesn't sound like a New Testament God, does it? Notice that. If you sin, some worse thing happens to you. I think... That is something for us to think about. That is, Jesus said it himself in the Gospel of John. The man he healed was because of his sin. It's true. 
I mean, let's look at it. They often tell us if you eat the wrong thing, if you keep having a bad diet, we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of it. You will suffer. Your health will suffer. Uh, if you're an alcoholic, you're going to suffer. You might even come down with diabetes, lose your sight. Uh, if you keep eating the wrong stuff, you'll come down with diabetes, heart problem, heart failure. In a sense, the in the old mind thinking, that is because of your gluttony of your sins. Overindulgence. That's a fact. Um, you don't exercise, or if you do something reckless, you could get hurt. And you keep telling your kids that. If your parents, you know that. And in a sense, it is because of one's recklessness. Right? It's something we have to think about here. Could it be that this virus may be a way for God calling us back to repent of our sins, to repent of the way we live? People, other people who are environmentalists want to say, it's because we treated the, word, the world badly. This is nature's way of fighting back. I mean, you know, they take God out of the scene and they put, they put more divinity in nature. Yes, we shouldn't treat the world badly. God gave us this planet. This is the only planet we have. We should take care of it. It's obvious. That's what the term caretaker is. That's what the term uh, one who attends the, the, the fields. That's why you have a gardener. We, I mean, think about it. We've been doing that since the beginning of time. A gardener attends to the garden, takes care of it. Well, that's his job. That's her job. We've been doing that since the beginning of time. The only problem is, is because modern human beings are more detached from nature because we don't live close to it. Before in the past, over a couple of more than a hundred years ago, you used to see horses in New York. And there actually used to be farms in places like Brooklyn and Queens. So people were a little bit more closer to nature. Now we're less detached. I mean, we're more detached than ever before. That's what I meant to say. We're more detached than ever before. But the problem is also, we're also spiritually detached. We're cut off from God. We have um, masses that don't offend us. We have uh, church services that don't offend us. We have priests that are afraid to say anything. And now look what's happened. God hid himself from us. He closed the doors of the churches. In the Old Testament, he would tell the people of Israel that I will take myself and I will hide myself from you. And you will look for me and you will not find me. No churches, everything. I couldn't go to Mass on Sunday because... They're afraid of this coronavirus. I couldn't, you know, go to any, I, I couldn't even go to the church just to, just to say a holy hour. The church was closed. And this is the same thing for all of you. And this is something we have to think about. Why wouldn't God chastise the world? He's not a hateful God. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Get it in, let's get it in our heads. 
He's the same God. The only problem is, is that we've been taught, well, that was the Old Testament God. We're in the New Testament God. The New Testament God is loving and kind and forgiving. In other words, no matter how many times you do wrong, he's going to take you by and take you and hug you and say that's okay, but you'll keep going on sinning. You'll keep going on doing the same thing. No. Look what he said to that man. Sin no more, or a worse sin will befall you. I'm going to read you something from the book of Acts. This one will not be from the um, from the Dewey Reams. I'll read it from the Revised Standard Version, just so all of us can uh, make sure we understand what's just happened. This is chapter 5 of the book of Acts, Ananias and Sapphira. But a, name, a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife, wife's knowledge, he kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep, pack, to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? How is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not let lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and died, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Hark, the feet of those that have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and died. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, there you have it. That's another interesting uh passage there. Does it sound like an Old Testament God or a New Testament God? There's only one God. So it has to be the same one. We can't think foolishly. We can't think naively. It is the same God. This was <laughs> the Prince of the Apostles, the first Pope. They sold a piece of land. It was their land. There was no need for them to be greedy. But for some reason, why do they want to be part of the community? I don't know. Maybe because they they had a very, I think, pagan, idle attitude about God. And obviously, they were torn between 
their pagan idol of greed and money and they it made their attitude about greed and money look at God as a pagan idol and they well it's it, it, it I have to say that's the only way I could think of it because it's the love of money and looking at God from a very superstitious attitude and they had to lie to, they, they they didn't really take God seriously and so the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Peter saw what they were doing and sin their sin came down upon their heads and they both died and this is something we we have to realize why can't God not why wouldn't God not do the same thing today why would he not do the same thing today it's obvious um yes we we can get punished we've had bishops that love money that love money terribly and that have aligned themselves with the with the empire of the world the government all right just like the 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 high priests of the old testament uh had the um the privilege of holding onto their power because it was Rome who controlled it. Did you know that in the um, the time of Jesus, the high priests, Caiaphas and Annas, uh, the vestments, the Jewish vestments for Holy Week, for their Passover, was under lock and key, controlled by Pilate, the governor. The, the During the time of festivals, the the governor would unlock it, hand it over to the high priest who would take it and wear it during the time of the festival and then has to return it back to the Roman governor. This Josephus tells us, and if you read the book, Jim Bishop's um, The Day Christ Died, this has obviously been recorded. It's a fact that had to happen, that they've done. Now also they had to be uh, at good terms uh, Caiaphas and Annas, it was really Annas who ruled it, who ruled over Caiaphas. They wanted to keep the power of the priesthood. It became a political thing. And so therefore, uh, the priesthood of the Old Testament was corrupted. Just like now, our bishops want to be at good terms with a political party and receive federal funding. They want to keep, they want to get that money in. They want to keep, you know, this is this is the reason why we don't hear abortion being preached from the pulpit. This is we we don't hear about contraception in the from, preached from the pulpit. This is why we don't hear anything about gay marriage, and why you hear some bishops uh, are okay with it, and uh, they want. This is one of the reasons why there there is a whole bunch of different changes. So we're blaspheming our Lord. We're handing him over to those who are trampling him down. Do not cast your pearls before dogs, before evil men. They will turn and they will trample you. I just heard about a priest who said Holy Communion and handed over the Blessed Sacrament wrapped in candy, almost like candy wrapper, like he's giving treats out. This was, this was reported on several Catholic sites. 
handing over consecrated body and blood of our Lord in a candy wrapper. I mean, who, whoever knew? And he's wearing a mask, covering his face. I mean, one priest, even though he wants to, um, he doesn't want to stop giving communion to people, at least he had his hands, uh, every time he gave Holy Communion to somebody, it took a little long, he would have his hands sanitized. And then he would go and give Holy Communion to the person. And had his hands, at least, at least he, he's not putting the Blessed Sacrament in the candy wrapper. It's amazing. This is the problem we're having. We, we, we completely want a God in a candy wrapper now. We have to think about what's happening. That our sins, we are a generation that is so detached spiritually from God. God loves us. He doesn't hate us. It's our attitudes that's the problem. That was the problem with, with ancient Israel. Their attitude. We have to be open to him. Yes, our, our blessed mother said, we have to stop offending our Lord God. She said this at Fatima. We have offended him too much already. We are made in the image and likeness of God. Christ came and restored back that image. He took away the sins of Adam and Eve, of the original sin. But the sins that we commit now are our own. Because our wills are still torn. We're torn between ourselves and God. And we choose ourselves over and over again. That is what happened in the Garden of Eden. We, cho we chose ourselves in Adam and Eve. Let's pray, please. This is, uh, I'm going to say, the act of faith, hope, and love. Oh my God, I firmly believe that you are one God in three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I believe that your divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches because you have revealed them, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. O oh my God, relying on your almighty power and infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain pardon for my sins. Through the help of your grace and the life everlasting, through the merits of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Redeemer. Act of Love O oh my God, I love you above all things, with my whole heart and soul, because you are all good and worthy of all love. I love my neighbor as myself, for the love of you. I forgive all who have injured me and as part of all whom I have injured. And I'll say the act of contrition here. O oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you, and I detest all my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all because they offend you. You, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, 
Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Thomas More, pray for us. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God bless, and uh, I'll get back with the uh, meditations on the sadness of Christ in uh, the next episode. Stay safe.